Lower it. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Act three, money! Act three! Act three! Yes, money, my friend. It is time once again to casually amble on in to the third and final act of this alleged film podcast. And it is said third act wherein we discuss our hand-picked, hand-crafted, and hand-jobbed movie of the week. And this week, we discuss one of the strangest and greatest double features we've ever seen, the 1990 films Goodfellas and My Blue Heaven. Yes. Just to start off, I really just want to say before we go any further, I really, really appreciate this double feature. And I think it is a stroke of genius that we are doing it. Uh, and that's that's all on you. Okay. It's a great double How feature. I feel about the movies, on the other hand, that may be a bit of a different story. Yeah, I mean one movie doesn't really take itself seriously is a bit of a joke isn't written well and the other one has steve martin in it <laughs> we can all agree that one of the movies is kind of a stinker and the other one has uh joan cusack in it <laughs> oh there you go first off i want to talk more about my blue heaven than Goodfellas, to be clear, because Goodfellas is a classic film that everyone has already said everything about. Okay. But here's enough. our thesis. Both of these films are the same damn film. Yes. And I find so, that fascinating to yeah. no end. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, and, and also, and secondly... I noticed while watching Goodfellas, because I've seen Goodfellas like a bajillion times, but now I'm watching it for the podcast and I'm trying to take it seriously and, and really pay attention to it. I noticed that Tobin Bell is in it. Yes. Tobin Bell, a.k.a. John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, is in about four seconds of the movie Goodfellas as Jimmy Conway's parole officer. And I just think that it's neat that both Samuel L. Jackson and Tobin Bell were both in Goodfellas, and they were both in the Saw series, but never together. Yes. Because Samuel L. Jackson plays uh, Chris Rock's dad in the new movie Spiral. Okay. So, and so I just find it fascinating that they were both in Jigsaw that they were both in the Saw series and they were both in Goodfellas, but never together. I just find that to be interesting. Wanted to point that out. And secondly, in the beginning of the film, My Blue Heaven, Steve Martin's character steals his wife's credit card and makes it disappear using some Ant-Man, Jimmy Woo sleight of hand magic. Yeah. Which is great because Disneyland. When yes. Steve Martin was super young, uh, he lived right near Disneyland. And so Disneyland opened up and he was a young kid. And what he did was he got a job at a very young age. He was like 10. 
And he got a job at Disneyland as a newspaper boy because they had a like a printing press on site at Disneyland during the early days. And every day they would print a newspaper. Yeah. And it was Disneyland Today, the Disneyland newspaper. And so they would get local kids from Los Angeles, from Orange County, and they could they would come into the park and they they hire them as newsboys. So Steve Martin would just just get, you know, come into Disneyland early in the morning and get his uh, newspapers and just go around Main Street just being like, uh, hot off the press, Disneyland newspaper, only a nickel or whatever. And he yeah. sold newspapers. Yeah. And Playing then when the part. he... Yeah. So then when he got older, he was too he was too old to be a newsboy. So he got a job at the magic store on Main Street. Nice. And he he always loved like theater and being in front of a crowd and everything. So he got a job at the magic store and learned all the magic tricks. And he would just be there on Main Street as like a 16, 15, 17 year old Steve Martin just doing magic tricks for people. So I love the fact that in the beginning of my blue heaven, he steals his wife's credit card and just makes it disappear because that is straight up some fucking shit. He learned at Disneyland as a teenage boy. And I love that. Yeah. And he just disappeared. What credit card? I don't have it. Put it back. Okay, fine. Poof. Like that's yeah. some street Jimmy Woo shit there. And I love that. Yeah. Flourish. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just love that. Okay. So here's the story. Oh, I just love of how Good Jimmy Woo. I'm sorry. You, you went there. I just love how he's. No, no. It's fine. Like- how he's developing as a character and I'm finding that very interesting. You know, like he is yeah. he is like heir apparent to Colson who they completely fucked up. Very much so, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I want to see him in all the movies now no matter what the fuck he's doing, whether or not he gets superpowers, I I want to see him in everything. You know? Yeah. Let him be the I would like to see, all the movies hang on. I would like to see a movie where Jimmy Woo is somehow forced to team up with Scott Lang's crime buddies. Oh, yeah. I would just like to see in a car and Jimmy Woo is driving and then the fucking Mexican guy from Ant-Man is on the side just talking. Yeah. He's in shotgun. And then the other guys are just in the back talking about, I don't know, gypsies and uh, Baskin Robbins, but that's the movie I want to see. <laughs> just all of them. That would be a wonderful film. Okay. So here's the story of Goodfellas and My Blue Heaven. The movie Goodfellas is based on a nonfiction book called Wise Guy. And that was written by crime author Nicholas Pelleggi. He was a crime reporter for the New York Times for over three decades. So he had the bona fides. Yeah. You know? So good. the movie Goodfellas got the name Goodfellas because in the 80s, there was a TV show called Wise Guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... When the book Wise Guy came out, they're like, we want to make a movie on Wise Guys. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, we can't call it Wise Guys. 
because there's a TV show. And Martin Scorsese didn't want to confuse people. Okay, there's a fact I want to look up. Okay, so Goodfellas is considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Everybody loves it. It's incredible. It's a good film and yada, yada, yada. Bunny. Yes. Quiz time. How much money did Goodfellas make in the box office? Oh, Jesus. And I gotta, I gotta allow for inflation and shit. I'm you don't have to do inflation. To say... it came out, how much money did it make? $192 million. Close. It made $47 million. <laughs> Ooh, on what kind of budget? And that was it! That was it! It only made $47 million in the fucking box office! This is like everyone's favorite movie. It did yeah. shit in theaters. Yeah. I didn't pick it up until video. Yeah, I think most people did. I had it on, I bought it on DVD and you had to turn it around. Yeah. For one of the film and then you turned it around to finish the movie is how long ago I bought yeah. the DVD for Goodfellas. But this movie barely made back its budget because it cost $25 million to make. Yeah. And it only made $47 million in the box office. So that's almost a failure in the goddamn box office. Well, this is... And then... And then it's nominated for every Oscar, including Best Actor to Robert De Niro. And that's got to suck for Ray Liotta, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'd be pissed. It's the story of Hank Hill. (laughs) It's like, oh, Robert De Niro. And also, I find it hilarious that when you first see Robert De Niro's character, he's supposed to be, what, early 30s? As if. (laughs) Like, oh, so this is a science fiction film. Okay. So when we first see Joe Pesci, he's... But that kid... It's like, fucking, step the fuck off. But that kid from the early years did a fucking awesome Joe Pesci. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he did. And again, this is is where it sucks to be an actor. He's got to deal with that for the rest of his life. Yep. You know? That you make a really good Joe Pesci and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that's gotta be sad. That's gotta good, be a bit sad. But Goodfellas is is a part of my Atlantic City story. If you remember that. Yeah. Let's see if I can tell you. I don't you know if story. I remember that. So yeah. me and my first wife were living in Binghamton, New York. We were, you know, moved up there from Long Island to get really far away from my family. Uh, it was an escape. But anyway, the job we worked off had like a little um, employee association thing that they took out of your paycheck every every week. 
Uh, but then you got certain cheap things like a, a trip yeah. to Atlantic City would be like something like fifty bucks a piece, and then they give you back ten bucks in quarters, and you would take the bus down to Atlantic City, which was a long haul, but you know you didn't do this all the time. Um, yeah. And we wouldn't like bet more than the quarters they gave us, of which Dora once hit two hundred bucks on a slot machine. So hey, nice. good investment. You know, so like yeah. even even me, like the slot machines are fun, but once I'm through ten up ten bucks and quarters, I'm done with the slot machines. You know. Yeah. Uh so anyway, that leaves us a lot of time left over. Was just kind of mucking around on the boardwalk, you know, because the boardwalk is just a cool mm-hmm. place to be. You know, they have little curio shops and things like that. There are fucking buffets all over, you know. Uh, meanwhile, you're still you're seeing signs for who's playing in town, you know. And it was Atlantic City. We'd get some good, good people. But anyway, uh, I digress. So we're walking around. And uh, there's a guy handing out pamphlets because there are guys all over handing out pamphlets. And they were showing off timeshares. And we would get a free prize. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, we're not doing anything anyway. This is an adventure. Let's do this. So we go to the timeshare. They had a special bus waiting. And when, when they would fill up a bus, they would take them over to the timeshare. If you've ever seen Wall Street in a movie, like the actual dealing floor, you know, and the kind of chaotic environment that is, that's what this was, just filled with realtors trying to sell timeshares. Okay, I can picture that. Which right there is freaky, you know? Yeah. And then somebody comes up to you like a like a Denny's hostess, you know, and then that's your realtor, and they bring you up to to one of the one of the rooms, and they show you around the timeshare, and it was like ten thousand dollars or whatever, and it was it was just fun. I mean, one of the things we used to do as a couple that was fun. Um, was go to model homes, you know? Oh, go yeah, my homes. parents used to do that all the time in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, this was getting around the time where I was really getting interested in buying a house and shit, you know, whatever. But, um, so we look around the timeshare, and our, our, our realtor, his name was General. Okay, fine, you know, I mean, but, like, you would think a realtor would change their names to something milk toast, you know? But anyway, yeah. that's just me. But he brings us back into this, like, dealer's room, you know, which has the low hum of a hundred voices talking at the same time. Okay? Yeah. And... 
general is trying to hard sell a timeshare you know and we just flat out can't afford a timeshare there's nothing you could do that is going to enable us to get a timeshare you know what i mean so like we're not doing anything at this table and uh then after that you are brought to his boss so that his boss can make sure that he's doing his job right and everything. <sighs> so we are brought upstairs to like a big meeting room. Okay? In the meeting room, in the center is a desk and a young man behind it. There are two large men who let you into this room and then follow you into the room. Okay. And they get us chairs and we sit in front of the desk. And the gentleman behind the desk was a rather small man who like stepped right out of Goodfellas. Literally yeah. stepped. He was even doing the Godfather thing a lot while he talked to us about the timeshares. When you say the Godfather thing, you mean that he was putting a orange rind in his mouth? No, the side the side brush he used to do, you know. But oh, anyway. okay. I am now terrified in trying to figure out what the fuck we're into and how the fuck we get out of it. Yeah. My wife I would be was, terrified as well. My wife was Swiss. She did not recognize anything that was going on. And did not find it any any anything out of place. And I'm trying to keep cool, like they're not gonna whack you over a timeshare, okay? That's not gonna happen. Yeah. This is just a really uncomfortable situation. You know. And he was like questioning, you know, what did you think of the timeshares? How did general you know, stupid ass marketing questions. Okay, like like yeah. real like focus group questions he was asking. But still, it was like Joe Pesci asking these fucking questions. Like you know you don't want to give the wrong answer, you know? And finally I was yeah. just you know, like bottom line, man, I, like I look we have to go through an employee association to come down here once in a while, and this is a major ass deal for us. I'm sorry, dude. No matter no matter what you say, we can't get a timeshare. It's just not going to happen. And once he said that, he was like, "All right, all right. There's some prizes for you. You know, go go pick something out. It was nice meeting you both." And I'm walking out like. That worked. 
like okay keep cool keep cool like i am fucking petrified and i am trying to keep this all in and it wasn't yeah. until after the bus ride back to the boardwalk where i started telling dora what the fuck that was about <laughs> and then when i yeah. got her home when we got home the bus ride home I sat her down and I put on Goodfellas, and while she was watching Goodfellas, she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love that story so much. You should have put on My Blue Heaven. She would have been adored. Oh, yeah, right? Those guys. So funny. Okay, so I find it fascinating that goodfell has only made 47 just, million just to wrap that just to wrap office. that up real quick just to wrap that up real yeah. quick you know we went because i wanted an adventure and we just fucking got one <laughs> yeah you got a fucking adventure bunny yeah jesus christ but i find it fascinating that goodfellas one of the most celebrated movies of all time only made 47 million dollars at the box office hey maybe we figured out the reason why martin scorsese hates marvel films <laughs> i mean if you get down to it avengers endgame made about i don't know 20 good fellas yeah you know yeah so, like every Marvel movie makes about if, 10 to 15 Goodfellas. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. It's just fucking sour grapes. All right, your product's not selling. We're in a capitalist country. What do you want to do about it? Please do. Yeah. But, but don't bitch about the successful movie. It's giving us the escapism we need right now. Got that. Got that right. Um, okay. You know, so, so real, real life street crime is not kind of the, the what we need right now. Yeah. Okay, so Nicholas Pileg Pileggi is yes. interviewing Henry Hill for, for his book, Wise Guy. And at the time, Nicholas Pileggi is dating a screenwriter named Nora Ephraim. Yeah. Absolutely, positively, 100% uh one of the biggest names in screenwriting at the time she had written the movie silkwood for which she was nominated for an oscar for that best screenplay and she also just had just completed writing a novel about her life that was turned into a movie with mel streep and jack nicholson so she's starting to go somewhere and she's like oh hey honey what are you doing oh i'm interviewing this mobster for for uh a book and she's like oh well can i sit in can i help you interview him maybe i can come up with an idea too so uh they both so when nicholas pelleggi is interviewing henry hill nora ephraim is there too helping to interview him yeah. so nicholas pelleggi writes the book wise guy and nora ephraim has an idea for a script but she has to wait because she's working on two other films number one Cookie, starring Peter Falk, and also another movie that she just wrote the script for that she's working on called When Harry Met Sally. Okay. And that made her explode. That made her absolutely explode. Yeah. Suddenly she's the most famous uh, screenwriter of ever. 
and she decides to follow when Harry met Sally and everyone's like, oh, this is such a big buffo box office smash. You can do whatever you want. She decides to follow when Harry met Sally with her idea. Oh, I've had an idea for a while now on a comedy loosely based on interviews I did with Henry Hill. And by the time she starts working on the idea for what would be my blue heaven, the book Wise Guy has come out and they're working on making a movie of that. Now, Goodfellas could have come out first, but Nicholas Pileggi, when he was working on the book, he's like, he's working on the book. The book, uh, before the book came out, there was buzz about the book before the book was published. Yeah. And Nicholas Pileggi is like going to his office, whatever, and his secretary is like, hey, you got a call? While you were out, it was from Martin Scorsese and Nicholas Pileggi goes, you wouldn't call me. Are you fucking kidding me? That was probably my friend Hank yeah. making a joke. I'm not calling this number back. Fuck that shit. And so like a week later, it's like, hey, you got a call again from Martin Scorsese? And he's like, oh, nice try, my friend Mark. You're not <laughs> catching me. So he's like, all of these calls and then eventually Martin Scorsese gets him on the phone and he's like hey I heard you've been interviewing Hank Hill you're working on a, a gangster book when that book comes out I want to be the one to do the movie and Nicholas Pileggi is like great Martin Scorsese they reach like a handshake agreement over the phone but that's it nothing set in concrete and this yeah. is before the book comes out so then the book comes out in 1985 and every director in Hollywood wants to make it into a movie including Brian De Palma he was like oh this is right up my alley I'm Brian De Palma I want to do I want to do the the wise guy movie you got to let me do it and, and that's a shame that, but, but, but Nicholas Pileggi is like, no, no, Martin Scorsese wants to do it. We have to wait for him. He's doing other things right now. So I'm not going to sell the rights to anyone, but Martin Scorsese, but we have to wait for him to be done. And that's a shame because you know what we could have gotten? Phantom of the Mafia. <laughs> Sorry, Paul Williams as Henry Hill. Yes. Oh, I like how you're thinking there. Yeah, the yes. Phantom of the Mafia. I, you know? I, I don't know. I, no, I don't like, know if I like Paul Williams as Henry Hill, though. I think I got to go with with what no. was his name, who played Winslow Leach as as Henry Hill. Oh yeah, now, you would have yeah, to Winslow put. You would have to put. You would have to put Paul Williams into the De Niro role. I would think. And then what do you do with De Niro? Easy. He's the lead singer of the Juicy Fruits. Yes. There yes. you go. They started the, the, the retro trend. <laughs> but Nicholas Pileggi waited for Martin Scorsese to be done with Last Temptation of Christ. And the whole waiting for Scorsese is how Nora Ephron beat Goodfellas to cinemas. My Blue Heaven came out one month before Goodfellas. So it's a sequel yes. because Goodfellas follows Hank Hill through three decades of crime and ends right when he goes into witness protection. And then, boom, Nora Ephron, whose, whose movie, My Blue Heaven, is based on the same interviews that 
uh, Nicholas Pileggi did for the book finishes right after Goodfellas ended. Immediately after Goodfellas ended. And so My Blue Heaven is the sequel to Goodfellas, but it came out one month before Goodfellas. Yeah. And that is freaking fascinating. You know? And I love the fact that, like, here is Goodfellas, and it ends on this sort of sad (laughs) genomois, and Nora Ephraim gets that sad ending and turns it into this, like, weird, madcap, happy story. So here's, okay, so here's why I was weirded out when you started the podcast talking about, saying, hey, when we get to Bunny Versus, we're going to talk about... Originally, Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to star in this film. My Blue Heaven? Yes. Okay. Was this in his junior days? Um, okay, so Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to star as the informant in My Blue Heaven, and Steve Martin was going to be the FBI guy, but Arnold dropped out to go do Kindergarten Cop. Okay. Because, like, I so could kind of see, see Schwarzenegger's name up there. I'm not saying it would be good or any better or anything else. I could just see it for the time. The thing this is, the is that thing the entire movie would have had... After. Yeah. If Arnold starred in My Blue Heaven, they would have to rewrite the whole thing because I can't imagine being like... Hello, I am an Italian gangster from the old country. I like eating the meatballs. <laughs> you know, like, what, like fucking... Hey, forget about it. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? You've, you've been in this country since, like, 1970. How do you still sound like this? Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's like, uh, what's the name of that guy who's hosting a fucking uh, uh, The Price is Right now? He had his own show. Big guy with glasses. Price is Right. Oh, Drew. Drew Carey. Drew Carey. Drew Carey. He got laser surgery, so whenever you see him wearing glasses, the glasses are fake. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because he realized that, like, hey, I got laser surgery. Now I've got 20-20 vision. How great. Oh, shit. I have an image. Yeah. I can't just lose the glasses now. So now he has a bunch of, like, hundreds of pairs of glasses with lenses in them that have zero prescription. He just has to wear glasses everywhere. Because that's how people know him. So I I find that fascinating, you know? So, anywho, so Steve Martin said, if you're looking for someone to play the mob role, I'll do the mob roles. So there you go. Rick Moranis is an amazing person, and we do not deserve him. I'm I'm sorry, though, man. I I just got to say that this movie, the the weakest link in this movie, in my opinion, was Steve Martin. Yeah. He does a good job 
of being see see here's the thing is that he he sort of nails a comedic interpretation of the gangster that Ray Liotta plays and he does he has the mannerisms he has the 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 way to the speech he 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 nails it but also like Arnold Schwarzenegger would have done a horrible job as a gangster, but it probably would have been a more successful movie. Yeah, well, first I think Steve Martin, his whole, his whole impersonation was a bit too over the top. Where every this time was the period he was time on when the I screen, stopped caring was, about Steve Martin. What? What? This was the period in time when I stopped caring about Steve Martin. Yeah, like I stopped seeing his movies in theaters, and I never saw this one. Like Leap of Faith. Yeah, that's when I started going. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe I'm done with Steve Martin movies for a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was. I think it was just too much, and it, like every time he was on the on the screen, he was an an annoyance, and he never. St- Stopped being an annoyance where I think it should have had a more gentle arc where you can see that, yes, he was building a a sports place (laughs) for the kids, you know? Okay. Because it would be in his character and you would have seen it was in his character leading up to that. Okay. But hear me out. Uh, What if... Because My Blue Heaven came out before Goodfellas. What if someone got Steve Martin, put him in a sound booth, had him record some extra dialogue, and someone edited My Blue Heaven, but you take out those, uh, like, in between each scene, there would be, like, dialogue of Steve Martin's character on the screen as, like, a caption. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was kind of annoying. But but then I thought, what if you remove all of those captions and have Steve Martin narrated in the same way as Goodfellas? <laughs> okay. Like, what if you just because Steve Martin's still fucking alive, just re-edit the film, but now it's just as far back as I can remember. I always wanted to live in the fucking well, suburbs. You know, just like, get rid of just get rid of the title cards. Yeah, get rid of the title cards, but then you can you can add some you can add some some narration in there to make it seem a bit more like Goodfellas is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it would be a better movie if you did that. The rest of the movie I'm pretty okay with. Rick Moranis and Joan Cusack are are like charming as ever. I love you know? Joan Cusack. I have always loved Joan Cusack. They are both easy to love on their own in this movie, and then you absolutely adore them once they're a couple. So you know about Rick Moranis? The whole Rick Moranis thing? What? His career was going crazy. He was in a bunch of movies, and I love the fact that Steve Martin and Rick Moranis are in this, and they were also uh, in Little Shop of Horrors together. Yeah. I love that. Rick Moranis married a woman in 1987 and they had two kids together. And then 
shortly after the second child was born, she developed an extreme case of liver cancer and died. So Rick Moranis left the public eye and stopped acting so he could focus on being a parent to his two children. Yes, yes. And that's why you just stop seeing Rick Moranis and things. And that's fucking adorable. And we don't deserve that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fucking love Rick Moranis. And also, I want to take this time to say, Bunny, you probably don't know this, but um, Rick Moranis's best friend in my blue heaven, fellow FBI agent Kirby. Yes. Well, um, well that's I, I know I know him. I don't know if I know what you're going to say, but yes, go ahead. You probably don't know what I'm going to say, but he's the original Mr. Noodle from Elmo's world. Really? And that's a big ass fucking deal. I'm not surprised. For like but 10 I... years, for like 10 years, he was in every fucking episode of Sesame Street. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but oh, I, I remember. I can. I can see more about colors. Maybe we should ask Mr. Noodle. Mr. Noodle, and fucking he would appear. His name is Bill him, Irwin. I remember him from Popeye, and I oh, remember yeah. him from uh, what that Paul Simon song that he uh, did no, with Robin Williams not. right around the same time. Nope, huh? close, but uh, uh, that's not him. Bobby McFerrin's "Don't Worry, Be Happy." Oh, video okay, was what okay. It was yeah, it was Bill Irwin, Robin Williams, and Bobby McFerrin. Bill Irwin is specifically an actor who focuses on vaudevillian comedy. Yeah. So like pratfalls and old timey gags, and that's why during the dance scene where everybody's dancing the merengue, suddenly he's like freaking the fuck out. He's doing he is a vaudevillian clown. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I ever saw him was on the only episode of the Cosby show that I can remember. <laughs> As a child. He was in an episode of The Cosby Show, and Bill Cosby brought his uh, his his kids' whole class to like, oh, you don't know culture. We're gonna go to vaudeville, and you're gonna love it. And like, here's a singer, and the kids hate it. Here's a tra- here's a, a, a juggling act, and the kids hate it, and everyone hates it. It's like, hey, there's gonna be clowns, and it's like, oh, is that gonna be horrible like everyone else? And then Bill Irwin comes out with a trunk and does his weird Mr. Noodle, Elmo's World sort of shit, and yeah. the kids love it. Yeah, but that's Bill Irwin. Um, now, of course, uh, Goodfellas is a classic movie. It's amazing. I love it, but I, I just find it fascinating that My Blue Heaven is a direct sequel to yes. Goodfellas, oh, God, and more people should is know amazing. This. More people should know this. This is astounding, and there are some similarities between Ray Liotta's character in Goodfellas and Steve Martin's character in My Blue Heaven. I mean, they, 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 the suits, the sort of jovial attitude, yeah. they're both tipping heavily. Yeah. The freaking hair, the love of food, like you can see this is the same character. Yeah. It's kind of like how the Bad guy from 
Austin Powers International Man of Mystery and the bad guy from Kids in the Hall Brain Candy are both based on Lorne Michaels. Yes. So you can see Dr. Evil and the head of Rorator Pharmaceuticals are essentially the same person. Yes. Yeah. But um, but I would, I would just can't recast Steve Martin. I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, I'm having a hard time thinking about who else was around at the time. You know, but I was not crazy about Steve Martin's performance in this movie, and I think it could have been better. It, he he does a better job than Arnold Schwarzenegger would have done, but oh, also yeah. it, it's not it's not believable that Steve Martin would be a like a mobster. That sounds ridiculous when I hear myself say that. Because everything else, like really everything else I prefer in this movie to what Steve Martin was doing. Again, Martin Short and Joan Cusack. Or Martin, uh, Martin Short, sorry, Rick Moranis' aspirations in this in the FBI and he wants to go undercover, and, but he's saddled with this fucking mook. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. There, there was a lot of good in this movie. Just wasn't Steve Martin. <laughs> I, I, someone should finally write lyrics to the piano part at the end of Layla. Yeah. Italians dead. A fucking bunch of Italians are fucking dead in various places in the Bronx. Like, that's off the top of my head, but it's a start. Bunny, what other beloved dramas could be turned into feel-good comedies? Beloved dramas that can become feel-good comedies. I don't know. Uh, beloved dramas. I've got, I've got two. Right Jeannie's now. thinking Casablanca. You got two? Okay. That'll probably inspire me to find get on the track. Okay, so here's my idea. You could easily Hogan's Heroes up Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Like, they say I did it, but I'm innocent. I'm going to find a way to bust out of here with all of my wacky friends. This guy has a bird. This one's black. Gotta watch out for the sissies. Shawshank Redemption this summer. You know? Okay, wait a second though. Wait a second though. A small tweak on your idea. I like. I like where you're going. Okay. Thank you. I like where you're going, but let's keep a little more faithful to the Hogan's heroes. They don't want to. They don't want to break out. They want to stay in prison, where they run drugs through the prison for the Aryan nation. Well, I, I was thinking just like like the mood of it, like Hogan's Heroes it up, or like um, McHale's Navy it up. Yeah, you know. Oh no, they're wacky Aryan nation to to be yeah. sure. Yeah, but you could really turn Shawshank Redemption into a wacky prison comedy. Yeah, Harold and Kumar go to Shawshank. Yes. Yes. Like, that's a possibility. Here's another one. Here's another one. 
Sophie's Choice, the funniest comedy of the year. <laughs> Meryl Streep plays an exasperated mom with two wacky, precocious children. Mm-hmm. You know, just an idea. Just an idea. That's that's my starting off point. And, but I think there's a every lot of time, And every time the kids start acting up, Sophie says, don't think you're off the hook yet. Yeah. You're not as cute as the other one. <laughs> one of these days, kids, bang, zoom, straight to the gas chamber. <laughs> yes. That can be your catchphrase. But I love the fact that here is one of the most beloved films of all time, and here's the wacky romantic comedy sequel. Yes. That's fucking weird, and I love it. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I absolutely love this. Funny. Yes. Do you have, do you have anything else on this uh, double feature? Also, I... you, mis- you misspelled the word feature, but that's fine. Yeah, I've been having a problem with my keyboard. Okay. Keys have been sticking and shit. I hate that. Yeah. And I'm doing it in Photoshop for, so Photoshop doesn't give you the red line. <laughs> yeah. It just takes whatever you give it, baby. It doesn't care. Uh, no, not really. Although I would love to do, I mean, we really can't do more double features like this. But I would yeah. love some uh, double feature. I don't know what to say. I, know, I like yeah. this. I want more. Let's just leave it. At yeah, that. I liked it too. I liked it too. This is surprising. Funny. Yes. It's summer. It's summer. It begins. I'm looking at the window and I don't believe you. Okay. Yeah, summer is hard here. To believe in these parts. Summer is here, and this is the summer. Where Bunny and Steve become bottoms. Because we're focusing on the IMDb bottom 100 list of the 100 worst movies of all time. Here's the fun part is that I have 30 of the 100 movies on my computer. And what I want to do is to go from 100 to one. Now, we're not going to do every one of the 100 worst movies, obviously, but the thing that I find exciting is, which movies are we going to do? Are we going to do The Adventures of Pluto Nash, The Love Guru, Son of the Mask, Slender Man from 2018, the American White Dragon Ball Z movie? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ooey bowl in that list. Yeah. Uh, Britney Spears' Crossroads, Cats, Battlefield Earth. What movies are we going to do? You don't know. There's two Jaws movies in here. Yeah. So so, so, what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do, but I do know that we'll be doing the number. We're going to start with the number 100 movie, yeah. and we're going to end with the number one movie. Unfortunately, what this means is that next week... <sighs> It would be nice to have a thread of some sort. 
I'm, you know, I'm, what is the connective tissue between all of these bad movies? You they all I mean? suck. They all yeah. fucking suck. Most of them. I don't think that the 1990 Captain America film deserves to be in this list. Yeah. But that's fine. That's beyond the. That's beside the point. I'm also surprised that the film The Turning isn't on this list, but but again, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I I want to go in order of number one hundred to number one, and just to pick and choose along the route films that we can do. Unfortunately, that means that next week we are starting out our summer of bottoming. Sadly. With the Guy Ritchie Madonna film swept away. Oh. Guy Ritchie starts a relationship with Madonna. It's a fun, casual thing. He makes the movie Snatch, which is a wonderful fucking movie. So good, so funny, an amazing cast, an incredible film. After Snatch comes out, he marries Madonna and makes her the star of his next film, which is the worst fucking movie of all time. And <laughs> that Madonna could never act. She this wanted movie, to be an actress so bad, though. She wanted to be movie, Marilyn Monroe. Did, she did, but this movie single-handedly destroyed her entire acting career. And I have avoided this movie for a very long time, but it's, it, I think it's an important one to do. I just finally forgave Guy Ritchie. Okay. Because in uh, he his his newest film is called Wrath of Man, which just came out, and it's in theaters. And I haven't watched that yet, but his movie before that was The Gentleman. And that's one of my favorite movies. The Gentleman is good. Such a good fucking film. And oh, so good. Such a good film. I'm always uh, uh, I'm always trying to force uh, Bella or uh, Natasha to watch that movie with me because it's so good. White Widow Super Cheese. No one ever calls weed white widow super cheese. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who calls it white? Anyway, next week, sadly, we're watching the Madonna film swept away. Also, I have a new segment for Act One. Every episode, we will be doing a movie from the IMDb 100 list. And also in Act One, discussing a movie from the list that we won't be doing. Like, like codename K O Z, which is a Turkish film. In Turkey, there's President Erdogan, Egrodan, Erdogan. Yeah, Turkey's run by this government, and there was this massive scandal. So the government of Turkey released a film about the scandal. Where, uh, hey, guess what? The scandal. It was all done by the deep state. See, there are people in the government who are trying to destroy the government from within. And it's basically the worst propaganda film this side of uh, Hitler. Yeah. 
Really? It's like if it's it's like if Donald Trump made the Donald Trump film. The triumphant story of America's greatest president and the evil Jews and Mexicans trying to take him down. It's the number three worst film of all time, and I can't find it. It's codenamed KOZ. It's all in Turkish. So how are we going to discuss it if you can't find it? Oh, no, there's a ton of information about it. I just can't find a copy. And those are the movies that we're going to be discussing in Act 1. The movies that I just can't find or that we're just not going to do. I'm really hoping we can get back to Steve Stubbs. I really like Steve Stubbs. Me too. Yeah, I miss it too. I was really happy to be talking about Spiral this week. Yeah. Even though it's not really a Saw movie, it was nice to talk about the movies again. You you made us go see a dog movie because of Steve Stubbs. Oh my god, that was that was the worst. That movie was the worst. Oh my god, and the homeless guy dies. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, it's all coming back to me. The homeless guy dies and the dog is attached to the homeless guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be a horrible summer for us, and I want to apologize, but I think it's going to be great content. Next it's, week, we're watching a Madonna movie. Through. It's going to be tough getting through, though, man. Come it's going to be a rough. It's going to be a rough. It's going to be a rough, a very rough summer. We're going to be watching some bad movies that we have avoided. We've never even dared to watch Battlefield Earth. We've never dared to watch Bratz. We haven't watched an Uwe Bowl film. We never watched From Justin to Kelly. I don't think we've done <laughs> Birdemic before. Have we ever done Birdemic? I don't think we have. Um, I don't know. I think we've talked about it. No, I don't think we've ever actually done Birdemic. Yeah, so this is going to be a difficult summer. Have you ever seen the Spice Girls movie, Bunny? Uh, no, but I've actually heard it's actually pretty good. Are we talking well, about Spice will. World? Spice World. I've yeah. heard yeah. good things about Spice World. I so I, I am uh, interested. Okay, well we'll see. We'll see. We'll get to it eventually. Spice well, Girls, from what I understand, story. has a bit of a cult following of its own. It's so bad that it's kind of good in a the room sort of way. We will see. Yeah. But this is going to be an exciting summer. So next week, we are watching on a film swept away, and that's going to be painful. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, wow. So many. It's such a great episode. Kent, Ohio, Back the Blue. Mike Myers, John Steinbeck's werewolf novel, Phantom of the Mafia, uh, Steve Martin versus Arnold Schwarzenegger, How We Don't Deserve Rick Moranis. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. I am going to say it has been a damn good episode. We got a damn, guys. We got a damn. We got a damn. Oh, thank goodness. Because, uh, you know, I felt that way, but I didn't want to say anything because you're the person who makes that distinction, not me. I didn't want to step on any toes. But, yes, I concur. I concur with your assessment, good sir. 
So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve. And on behalf of Eleanor and Maxwell and Bella and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Any werewolves? Nice. I don't I don't know if, if people remember. <laughs> Poopy Toots was originally Maxwell's catchphrase that Bella started saying for him. Oh. Yeah. Remember that, Bella? And also, yeah. And also, I I recently realized that poopy toots was just another word for pop tarts. Is oh, it? Yeah. And I would say, yeah, and I would say to the kids like, "Hey, who wants a pop smart? Who wants a pap smear? Who wants a who wants a poop toot? Who wants some poopy toots?" Who wants a poopy tit, guys? Who wants to eat some poppy, some poppy tits? Who <laughs> wants some poop tits? So, so poopy tits was is just pop tits. Nothing bad. Yeah, nothing bad. It's just it's just the way I used to call pop tarts. A moment of teapot history. Yeah, fascinating. Do 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 do. <laughs> Okay, then say your thing, Eleanor. And you do schwavels and poopy toots. Now you say your part. And you take your time, Eleanor. Take your time. You know, we got the whole rest of the day. And you cookies and cream. Nice. There you go. You're you're included. Do 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 do